Welcome to the Circle City Cinema with your beloved host and the one and only Zach Griffith, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello! Welcome into Circle City Cinema. I'm joined as always on the WandaVision episodes by the Running Hook CEO, the founder, Alex Burr. You know, just just another privilege to join. My energy is admittedly going to be very low on this episode, but I am. It doesn't change the fact that I'm incredibly excited to talk about episode six of Wandavision. Well, tell us what you were doing, Alex. You had a pretty uh, sweet gig today. Well, thankfully, it's not going out over the air because I may or may not have cursed as soon as I started doing it. <laughs> but I was doing play-by-play and color commentary for the IEPY men's basketball games the last couple of days. Thank God no one except my teacher is ever going to hear it because I, as soon as we pressed record on Friday afternoon, like the, the very instant the instance we pressed record, because, you know, I'm used to more free-flowing conversations on here, right? I can say whatever the fuck I want because it's my podcast. Yeah. Um, I was like, hello and welcome to, and I just was like, ah, shit, because I messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Would have faced a hefty FCC fine and this gone over out over radio airwaves. So (laughs) I had to to thank my lucky stars that this no one except my teacher was going to hear this. My teacher laughed. So that was good when I told him that I cussed, but I was like, (laughs) it was. So now my voice box and plus I recorded the Alex and Dylan basketball power hour on Thursday night. So I've been talking a lot the last three days so ready to get this out of the way but always an exciting journey and we're not alone today alex another guest has joined us our friend of the network chris logan is here chris how are you i'm doing good i'm doing real good um today uh how about you bro oh i'm doing great i'm doing great you know how excited are you talk about wandavision um i'm really excited honestly it's um I think it's probably one of the best uh, shows that the Marvel's put out, at least for right now, until we get the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So. Of course, of course. And of then course. after that, it'll be Loki. And then after that, it'll be what it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you didn't say Hawkeye. Why didn't you say Hawkeye? No comment. <laughs> he may or may not be the reason that one of our characters in this week's episode is dead. Hey, yo. It happens. It happens. With Chris. Give us and the listeners an idea of who you are as a Marvel fan. So I'll say, um, well, I mean, like I'm, I'm more so kind of like a, a DC fan, but um, at heart. But I mean, you know, I always, um, always Snyder like Marvel. Cut. Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah, but um, I say, um, if we're gonna go by a favorite character, I say my favorite character has to be a uh, Spider-Man. This more yeah, so because I can, um relate to Peter's uh, side a lot more um, and his struggles. Um, I have to say uh, my favorite film uh, out of all Marvel movie films would have to be uh, The Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'd probably die on this hill, but I think uh, The Winter Soldier is the best movie uh, Marvel's ever produced. Hey, you're talking to the right guys. You're talking to the right guys. I think that's both me and Alex's favorite uh MCU movie. It's not close either. (laughs) Yeah. You got the right audience here for Winter Soldier for sure. But like, what do do you think about the series so far as a whole before we get into the episode? Honestly, I really didn't like expect, I didn't really like 
come in with like expectations to the WandaVision show because like, I didn't really know what expectations to give the show, if I to say at the least, because like, I don't know, there's like a weird sitcom type feel to it from like the trailers before the show came out. And um, I just was like, when it was like a blank slate and so far I've been really impressed with what's been going on in the show. I think oh, yeah, you, you said exactly what Zach and I talked about before we watched the first two episodes, because no, like we, I had no expectations for it. And now I'm literally hanging on just waiting for the next week. It's incredible what they've done. Yeah, no, I agree. Cause me and Alex were talking and the first one of these episodes we did WandaVision was way down on our lists in terms of hype. When they announced all these shows, it was way, it might've been like bottom. It was way down, and now we can't wait every Friday. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. Agnes Hive stand up, but that's that's <laughs> that's me. Alex is gonna die on the Agnes Hill and uh, the Hayward Hill, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. I never said he was Gordon Hayward. <laughs> you guys have to give Hayward some love sometime, man. I no, I'm not. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> He's not that incompetent. <laughs> I think I think we each have different perspectives on this. Let's let's wait to get to that though, because Zach has some news that he got has to get to first. We, we got some news. We got some news. You know we have to do it. Disney has three to four weeks to decide if Black Widow, if the release date will be moved or not. Kevin Feige is against the simultaneous theater and streaming release. Alex. Should he be against this? Is it a horrible idea? Of course he should be against it. The man is literally waiting. Like, he's going in like this, waiting, you know, to line his pockets with even more money. But is it the morally right thing to do to not release it in theaters? Probably yes. This thing, this virus probably just isn't going to be eradicated for a good while. And even if you can, like, we saw how movie theaters in some states were operating. They were operating at, like, a quarter capacity. It just isn't the right, probably, business move. But then if you have the movie, you might as well release it. And plus, people are going to pay for it on Disney Plus like they were. If they paid for fucking Mulan and other movies like that, they're going to pay. Yeah, they're going to pay for Black Widow. So listen, they should release it on streaming services and make people pay for it like they did last time. But it's not the preferable option. Obviously, you want to release it in a movie theater. You want to make a billion dollars, but you're probably not going to make a billion dollars. Just cut your losses, make settle for 500 million and move on with your lives. Chris, do you think, do you think it'll come out in May? Like it's scheduled to, or do you think it will get shifted once again? I'm hoping it really does come out in May. Um, I honestly don't really see any other, what's like any other reason for it to like them to push the film back any longer. As I'm like, the film's like, it's out of um, post-production, isn't it? It's ready to go. It's ready to go. So it's like, uh, I mean, I, I guess like um, what I was just saying, like they'll probably miss out on like uh, making that billion mark. But I mean, um, I, it wouldn't hurt for them just to release a uh, Black Widow on Disney Plus. I mean, because I'll pay for it to watch the film. I don't know about you guys. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I'd pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because what it sounds like, it sounds like it's going to be the time between um, Civil War and Infinity War, which I mean... It's right. a fascinating, fascinating story. And let's face it, more sexual t- tension with uh, Cap, you know, which is a key part of the Winter Soldier, <laughs> right? 
some might say it's the biggest part of the movie. And all like a, in all, it's a huge in all seriousness, you know, like I don't know if they'll get Chris Evans back or anything, but just having that period, right? And then maybe you like can maybe ease people into the idea of having movie theaters back by the time the next MCU movie comes out and have people comfortable with going because there's going to probably still be a large number of people even after everyone's all vaccinated and like you know it feels like the world's back to normal that probably still won't be comfortable going to a movie theater and sitting next to people in a capacity like that so they're going to have to anticipate losses even when movie theaters come back open but I mean Black Widow shouldn't have had that high of a budget so yeah (laughs) it's not like you need to make that much to make your money back so you can make money I mean, it clearly it has normal, that Marvel stamp. Yeah, it's got it's got the Marvel stamp. I think in a normal year, uh, this makes a billion dollars. Not, it's easy billion dollars. But I keep going back to when I saw Tenet back in September. It was fine in the movie theater. I know Indianapolis. There's not as many people here as there are in you know, L.A., Chicago, New York. But I felt safe. Felt fine. We were everybody spaced out, but I get, I get the precautions. I get Feige not wanting to release it on Disney Plus, but and I hope it comes out in May. I really do. I really do. I don't want it to see it. I don't want to see it moved around anymore. Yeah. Before we move on, I understand. Like, I understand why these directors are mad about these not getting released in movie theaters. This yeah. is their main mo- vehicle for money. That being said. You can't complain that you're losing millions of dollars when there's a lot of people who don't have a lot less than that. So you need like when Christopher Nolan says stuff like he says, you know, to kind of go back to Christopher Nolan, it sounds very tone deaf, frankly speaking. Like and I know he probably doesn't give a shit if he sounds tone deaf at this point. He's Christopher fucking Nolan. He's made he made Inception. He made The Dark Knight. He made, you know, Interstellar. He really probably doesn't give a flying fuck what I think. But (laughs) Like, he just has to understand that, like, it probably sounds tone deaf if you're like, yeah, I don't give a fuck if there's a, you know, a bunch of people dying right now. <laughs> Put my movie in a theater, goddammit. So, I, I just, you got to look at it both ways. And I I know I may or may not have gone on a rant about this on the last Alex and Dylan Basketball Power Hour, but that's because I think Adam Silver is playing both sides of the fence when he doesn't need to be. But I think that there's one easy side to play to just kind of endear yourself to fans. And I think I understand why the directors aren't doing that. But at the same time, like Christopher Nolan is wealthy enough where the losses don't really affect him as much as like they affect like a a gaffer. You know what I mean? Or like yeah. like camera people working on the on the studios. So those are the people that are getting fucked by this, but nobody really cares about them. So that's that's my, that's all I have to say. Yeah, you're right. We'll see what happens. And uh you know, we'll keep you posted on that as it happens. But uh, Chris, some news for you here, DC fan. The trailer for Snyder Cut coming out tomorrow. We're recording this on Saturday. The trailer will be out tomorrow. We've gotten some seeds. Our first look at Dark Side yesterday. Black suited Superman earlier in the week. Chris, what do you think? All right. So, um, when I said uh, I was a, a DC fan, I was um, saying like. I'm like a DC fan, so I'm 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 sensible. Um, (laughs) I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I really did not like Justice League. No, no, no. Me neither. It sucked. Or or Batman v Superman sucked. 
pretty much all their movies besides um, uh, Shazam and um, the uh, the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about Suicide Squad? <laughs> I want my two hours of my life back. <laughs> what about Wonder Woman, the first one? Oh, actually, I did enjoy that film. I think uh, the first film, well, I mean, way more than uh, the second one. We don't uh, know what, I don't know what's. I don't know what happened with the second film, honestly. Uh, uh, uh. They're like, what made the first movie work? Is it? Is it Gal Gadot? No, it was Chris Pine. Wait, we killed Chris Pine. Wait, we can bring Chris Pine back. <laughs> <laughs> that was what happened with the second movie. <laughs> yeah, like especially with that uh that weird resurrection re- resurrection scene. It was that was pretty um far far out. I'll be honest, you guys. <laughs> it was a terrible movie. It was a terrible movie, and Zach ripped it to shreds justifiably. Uh, I I hated it. Talk about wanting two hours of your life back. God, <laughs> Jesus, God, give me two hours and then some. That was horrible. Uh, what about Man of Steel? You like Man of Steel? I have a love-hate relationship with all DC films. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't like that film either. Ah, that's one I actually liked from them. Uh, fair enough. That's fair enough. You can't uh, blame the man. <laughs> no, I can't blame him because most of their material sucks, and they haven't given me any reason to believe in them. I don't. I don't know why I believe in the Snyder Cut, but I do. I mean, they fucked up Batman. I mean, they fucked up Batman. I would say, how hard is that? (laughs) I think it's it's pretty easy for uh, DC to fuck something up. (laughs) I think that's a good way to move on, Zach. I think that's that's a great way to move on. It's a great, (laughs) it's a great thought to end on. Moving on to the key plot points of this episode, guys. I'm gonna run through these really quick, and then we'll go in depth on all of them. So episode six starts out. It's Halloween. Our characters are in their OG comic book costumes. You love to see it. Vision sneaks out for quote unquote neighborhood watch. Hayward. Hayward. Fucking Hayward. Fires Rambo, Wu, and Darcy. Wait, I, I got a new name for him. I got a new name for him. Director, don't call me Gordon Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> Hayward fires perhaps the three most valuable employees in his in his in his little unit. This is when my argument started to lose a lot of steam. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to kill Wanda. He thinks that'll solve everything. Incompetence, total incompetence. Even if he's up to something, according to Alex, they quickly. Rambo, Wu, and Darcy quickly dispose of the agents who apprehended them and replace them. So it looks like incompetence uh, doesn't too fall doesn't fall too far from the tree with Hayward. Can we can we just say for a second though we're not gonna because we're I know we're not gonna harp on this point when we get to that part of the episode. Wanda or not 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 Wanda. Uh, Monica and Jimmy definitely killed those people because they locked them in that like locker there. And how much oxygen are they getting in that thing? Like are. Are they? Uh, did they leave them for dead? That, that's, a, they, that's a good point. That's are they murderers, Chris? I'll ask you. Are they murderers? <laughs> um, I pretty yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> I, I think they died. Um, <laughs> just no other way to, to say it. Monica kicked the last guy in the face, and it's listen. I just 
I want to believe that Monica Rambo, who I have developed an affection for as a character, is not a murderer. And Jimmy Woo. I love Jimmy Woo. Darcy, I'm clearing your name. You didn't do anything wrong. Actually, no, she's complicit too. They're all complicit. Send send their asses to the send their asses to jail. Lock them up for the rest of their lives and throw away the key. They're murderers. They're murderers. But continues. I continue. It happens. It happens. All right. <laughs> Murder. It happens. Zach Griffin. <laughs> Not what you want on your resume, bud. <laughs> Look, he didn't just learn a card trick. All right. He learned a Merc trick. All right. Jimmy Woo. <laughs> Wanda finds out Vision isn't on patrol. He pulled a fast one on her. Quicksilver acknowledges that he looks different. He doesn't have the same face. Vision finds the stagnant Westview residence deep in the city. Wanda and Quicksilver discuss how exactly he got there. He doesn't know how he got there. The last thing he remembers, getting killed, getting domed in Age of Ultron. Again, Hawkeye's fault. (laughs) And then he heard Wanda calling him. And he asked what happened to their accents as they're both noticeably gone. Wu, Darcy, and Rambo notice people on the edge of town aren't moving. Vision's being tracked thanks to his vibranium signature. He has an encounter with Agnes on the edge of town, on the edge of the hex. He snaps Agnes out of it. And Vision doesn't know what the Avengers are. He has no memory of what the Avengers are. Wanda and Quicksilver talk some more. Quicksilver reveals to us he knows it's an illusion. He knows Wanda is pulling this off. Wanda doesn't know how she did it. And then we get dead Pietro, just like we got dead Vision earlier in the series. Vision exits the hex. Dips from the hex. Starts to disintegrate. Billy locates Vision telepathically, revealing his abilities. Wanda extends the hex to save Vision. And Darcy gets trapped in the hex. Guys, we'll start from the beginning. OG comic book costumes. I just got to say, I love it. I love it. I love the look. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that was Vision's OG costume, but that makes a lot more sense. And also, it looks terrible. (laughs) I'm I'm glad they ditched that for the movies. Yeah, thank God. Wanda's, I can understand, and I could see her, you know, because she's technically not the Scarlet Witch, as we found out a couple, like last episode, I think it was. Right. So when she becomes the Scarlet Witch, but yeah, I thought the costumes were cool. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree too. Um, I, I really liked the the Visions outfit, even though it was a uh, terrible, but it had a, it had a lot of heart to it. Honestly, <laughs> I thought it was the, the Quicksilver one might have been the best with the hair and stuff. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Visions, according to Chris, Vision's costume was the TJ McConnell costumes. <laughs> it, it honestly was. <laughs> so you're not a McConnell guy? <laughs> He's uh, terrible, but he has a lot of heart. <laughs> <laughs> let's move Look, on. That's all, that's all I asked for, right? That's all I asked for is some heart. Uh, let's just get. Let's just dive into Hayward. I I want to rip Hayward a new one. Fires his three most valuable employees. Alex, just just defend defend Hayward if you can. I, I'm not defending him. I've been telling you he's a piece of shit. But I'm telling you, I don't think he's a fool. I do think that there's something shady going on with him. But that being said, your case is looking stronger and stronger by the week. Stephen A. voice. However... I am not ruling out the possibility that I am wrong just yet because I think that he is very evil. 
And he could end up being the villain of the show. We don't know yet, but we keep saying we don't know yet. We're running out of time to find out answers, Marvel. Give us some goddamn answers for once. But listen, I think he's a terrible person, but I don't think he's 100% confident. I'll give him 80% for right now. But if I'm proven right, Zach, I want an immediate apology from you. I want you to text me and say, Alex Burr, I was wrong. You get a statement. You get an official statement, all right? You get the statement. <laughs> what do you, Chris? You said before the show you didn't think Hayward was incompetent. What What have you thought about Hayward so far in the series? Um, I can okay, I can kind of get where um Zach was coming from with like uh, I guess like the incompetence. Um, the certain some of the uh, decision making he did these past few episodes. Um, I think uh. We did the last episode. I think that just raised it to a higher level. The, the guy is just, just, just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, have you uh, seen these Mephisto theories flying around? Um, I haven't um, seen. I think I've seen one or two, but um, I'm always down to hear more about Mephisto theories. Do you think Hayward could be Mephisto? <laughs> uh. No, he's too incompetent to be Mephisto. <laughs> Alex Hayward, Mephisto? No, because clearly Monica and Hayward knew each other. So unless Mephisto just took over this dude's body, which is, I guess is you know he's the devil, which is always a possibility. The devil is the devil is in the details, as they say. Um, <laughs> sorry, I have to laugh at my own joke there. Um, I don't know. I still think it's either Dottie or the theory that you have that we're not going to talk about just yet, but I do think he's involved somehow. And I don't think people are like the casual viewers are ready for what's going to happen to the kids. Yeah. The <laughs> I don't kids think are not going to last folks. Sorry. <laughs> we need to start saying spoilers at the top of the show. Yes. If you're this far and you're listening in, this is very spoiler heavy. I put it in the description. <laughs> Sometimes people don't read the description. So if you're in this far, this is a very spoiler heavy episode. And we're sorry that we did not warn you about this at top. I've been meaning to say this, Zach, but yes, this is a very spoiler heavy episode, which is great information about 20 minutes into the episode. But, you know, I I felt like I had to say it as the producer here, you know, putting on my producer hat rather than the co-host hat. But um, what did you want to talk about next, Zach? Because let's. Well, you guys mentioned uh, the murdering of the agents. Let me just this. I thought of the Mephisto is Hayward theory just like just two minutes ago when I brought it up. Fiery Rambo, Wu, and Darcy would make sense if he's Mephisto because these guys are uh, onto him. They know he's up to something. Mm. Oh, that that could be true. That could be true because. Their impediments to his plan, you know, they're too smart for his own good. But now, and I guess, I guess Wanda did take, we'll, we'll talk about it later in the episode, but Wanda did take one of the pieces off the board in Darcy. So, yeah, she did. And uh, we'll get into who Mephisto could be later. I think uh, the next theory is more likely, but we'll see. Wanda finds out Vision isn't on patrol after a little chat with Herb. Uh, let's talk about Quicksilver in this. Cause he like he acknowledges that he he has a different face. He's not he's the same guy, I guess. But 
he's not. Chris, your thoughts on Quicksilver here and just in the episode? Well, I have, well, honestly, uh, I think with Quicksilver, um, it was a surprise that he'd, um, he was acknowledging that he doesn't look the same. But, like, um, I don't, I don't know, from Age of Ultron, I don't really remember him being, like, really, like, jokey or anything. No. I think he was, like, a lot more serious. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that, but um, I feel like he just acted like how Quicksilver acted like in, um, in the, it was the X-Men um, Apocalypse, I believe. Yeah, in the X-Men movies, yeah. Yeah, I like the the Quicksilver scenes where he's just flying all over the place. Like, <laughs> like they're making good use of that. Like, well, Herb, who is... I, I, Correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but I'm really getting an advance. Like, Herb is trying to take a pass at Wanda right there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of got that vibe from from my buddy Herb. You know, I I thought he was trying to make a move on Wanda there. He's like, you need help? Like, I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong here. Chris, you tell me. Was was my man Herb trying to take a pass at Wanda? Uh, Well, I think... um... I don't think he was trying to make a pass at her, but I did kind of find it weird when he said, um, did you want me to change anything? Or I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was thinking, um, but maybe what if her was maybe Mephisto, you know, the star one. Oh, Oh, Oh snap. Well, you remember the, the, the episode when the twins were born, Herb was acting up. He was cutting through a concrete wall. Who the fuck does that? He's 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 weird. He's weird. Could be just the Wanda mind control, but I like that theory, Chris. You can't rule anything out at this point. No, you can't. <laughs> I think that's the thing that keeps me. I don't know about you guys, but for me, that's the thing that keeps me coming back. Is I literally don't know what to expect in the next episode. We got three left. We're done with the. Left. And but before we move on, because we we talk kind of talk about the sitcom format every week, and I'll ask I'll ask Chris, what have your thoughts been about the sitcom format generally, and what did what were your thoughts about it like this week? Like they did it like from the the sitcoms when like we were kids, like Malcolm in the Middle, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed the um, the last episode's uh, sitcom inspiration. Um, and I did watch like a little, I was a little bit of a Malcolm in the Middle a lot when I was younger. Um, so for like the sitcom format, for like the few first few episodes, or like three episodes uh, recently, um, I don't really have a problem against them. Um, I could get and see how like some people didn't really enjoy the sitcom format. They, you know, let's be honest. Like, I don't think we haven't had like any MCU content in like what over a year, and it's like we're just now getting some. So I, I, under- I understand like they want to get to like the action right then and there. But I honestly enjoy the uh, the slow pace, you know, because um, we already knew like uh, we were going to get like that action or action, a lot of action um, in these later episodes. But yeah, that's a great point. Like the sitcom format to me has worked. It's sad that this is the last episode for it, but I'm I'm excited to see what direction they take the show in now that. Um, they're going to be done with it and like how they're going to resolve the plot. And there, there's just so much happening in 30 minutes. <laughs> it's ridiculous with the show. Like I've been complaining about this with Zach, but the show is just way too fast paced. Like 
not a complaining. Fair, it's a fair com- it's fair. It's fair. It's not a complaint so much as like it just feels like a lot to keep up with. And it's like like it moves like Quicksilver, honestly. You know, to use an MCU comparison or I guess X-Men comparison, but fuck it at this point, they're all it's all gonna be the same thing in a matter of years. So Well, this next scene I thought was uh apologies for the dog if you can hear him. He's, he's he's running his mouth. He's a big fan of WandaVision. He wants in on the episode. Uh, Vision finds the stagnant Westview residence. Uh, let's just talk about this theory now. Why do you guys think this is? I think it's because Wanda, maybe her power doesn't reach that far. Maybe there's like a length limit to it. I don't, I don't know. Alex, what do you think? What do you make of the stagnant residence? I think it's that her powers don't reach that far. Like, what other explanation is it? Like, she's powerful, but to mind control a couple thousand people, that's that's pretty impressive in and of itself. But that was really creepy. Like, those people, like... Well, do you remember that one lady? She was hanging up decorations, and there was, like, one teardrop that came down. <laughs> that like, was... It was creepy. Like, this episode was honestly scary. Like, if you want to think about it in that terms, those terms, like... It was freaky because especially like the commercial this week too was dark. Like dark. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Like, like that came out of nowhere. <laughs> Some claymation horror. Yeah. That was awful. Like and I think that might be prepping the viewers for what we were alluding to earlier with the kids. I'm not gonna say for sure, but uh-huh. this is yeah, this episode is by far the darkest. And we're like, so like in season three of The Wire, right? You know, like when all the people are starting to see like the effects of Hamsterdam. That's it. kind of what this episode was like, you know, like the first couple episodes of season three of The Wire, right? Like when he's trying, when Bunny is trying Hamsterdam, you know, this is very vague. I'm trying to keep it vague in case you haven't seen The Wire. Go check it out. One of my two favorite series of all time. Um, and actually it's probably my favorite even the Sopranos is very good um, season 3 of The Wire basically they set up a drug free zone and the first few episodes it goes great but then it starts to slowly go downhill and this is the starting to slowly go downhill of this point of WandaVision I, I would think you two would probably agree like this is like the show is going yeah. and now we're starting to see the dire consequences and they're pro- that's probably what the last three episodes are going to be is how they get out of this this situation Um yeah, Chris, how did you feel about all these stagnant Westview residents? You know, I have to agree with you guys, like you said, with like how Wanda's uh, powers at like a certain like um, I guess range for them to be able to affect people. Um, and I guess looking back at those residents, I could like kind of see them being like um, in a sunken place or something. Ah, yeah. Some get out. I love it. <laughs> I just I thought it was interesting because she I think we've been led to believe she's like kind of a uh, omnipotent to this point, and we learned that that's not that's not the case in this episode. There's a limit. There's a there's a there's a little bit of a limit. Yeah, she she's not all powerful. She's pretty fucking powerful, but not that. Like she's not she's not a god. She's she just might, one. I mean, do you guys think she's the most powerful Avenger left? And I have to say that's um, Captain Marvel. That's, yeah. I'd say, I'd say it's between them. 
right? Yeah. Maybe throw, I don't know, Thor is up there too, I feel like, but I guess the mind control stuff helps, but. Doctor Strange? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, uh, I, 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 yeah, Doctor Strange, yeah. I'd, I'd say those are the top four right there. The, the Mount Rushmore of current Avengers. Yeah. Because Thor, Thor is like, or not Thor, Hulk's like out of commission, kind of retired right now, you know, so. His arm is uh, as fuck to hell, snapping he needs, every, humanity back into existence. He, he needs Tommy John. He needs it bad. He needs some <laughs> surgery. <laughs> you know, He's a, like he doesn't have like a healing factor to like heal his arm or something like on the spot. Yeah. That's a good point, but I... <laughs> I still think Professor Hulk will never be as strong as actual Hulk. No, I don't think so either. Um, Wanda and Quicksilver discussing how he got there. Kind of a neat little one-on-one here. Um, Alex, I'll throw it to you first. He, again, acknowledging he looks different and he doesn't know how he got there. What I'm kind of thinking our X-Men theory is not going to pay off. What do you think? No, there will be no X-Men, folks, Um, because he looks as dead as he did in Sokovia. Um, (laughs) That wasn't this scene, though. Or was it this scene? This episode was so fast-paced. Yeah, that was this one. Like, oh no, 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 it wasn't. Never mind. It was that was later in the episode. But yeah, I Pietro has every right to be like confused about how he got there. You know. Also, you have the asks what happened to their accents. When the hell did he start talking like some like Italian wannabe gangster? Like he's talking like, <laughs> like, hey, why can't bro ham in law? Like he's talking like some California surfer dude. That's probably the better comparison. But just like talking in like a weird fucking accent that's not even close to Sokovian. Long lost bro no way- gets a squeeze and stick insisted to death or what? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the gabagool? <laughs> just like it doesn't make sense. the The accent is. The accent is as weird. I'm not going to say it is as bad as Forrest Whitaker's. Chris, I don't know how much you've been paying attention, but I've been ripping Forrest Whitaker's accent to pieces the last ripping, couple of weeks. Ripping. You, you have to leave the poor man alone. He's just trying to act. <laughs> we would now, He's just getting a paycheck. That was my defense. Just we will now paycheck. strip away in the powers of the Black Penta. Okay, that line was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible, Chris. <laughs> And I was arguing that Wanda's Sokovian accent was just as bad. And I was so glad it was gone. I was so glad. And I was like, I didn't even notice it was back because I'm just, I'm just joyful that her accent is gone. But I thought that the scenes to go back to the episode, I thought the scenes between Quicksilver and Wanda were really instructive. Like they have kind of a playful brother and sister relationship, but at the, at the end of the day, Pietro is always going to have that question. How the hell did I end up here? Like, he's never not going to have that question because how did he end up in Westview? Like, it's the question that's going to really probably define the rest of the series. And we just, we can't answer that right now. But I think that he was well within his rights to want to have the answer to that question. Chris, what did you think about um, this particular Wanda and Quicksilver scene? Uh, I really, um, I really don't really have, like, much to say i'm kind of like this is like you know it's not really much to go on it's like oh, we're still trying to figure that out and um honestly i got 
we'll probably get that answer until maybe next episode or a few episodes from that or anything. So, so yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. I, I mean, remember last episode, Wanda said uh, she did not, she was not the one that brought Pietro back. When the, when the doorbell rang, she said, that wasn't me. So could he, it's probably either Mephisto who brought him there or Alex's Agnes. Could, it, could, it could be. It could be. But uh, I just thought it was interesting. He didn't – he heard her calling, and the last thing he remembers is getting killed. Whereas someone like Vision, who was dead before the snap, uh, doesn't remember dying. He doesn't remember uh, what the Avengers are. So I just thought, just thought that was interesting. Alex, uh, let's, do you want to riff on Agnes here, or what do you want to do? What is there to riff on? She's the witch. She's, <laughs> she was dressed in a witch costume. She got snapped. So first of all, it's nice to know that she is under Wanda's hex. Right? Like, yeah. But I also feel like somehow she's in on this. And no, I do too. Especially now that, I mean, that scene in the car was weird. She, chunk, she was laughing. She was laughing like a witch. She definitely killed that dog. Yes, we're probably never gonna get answered. Like we might get answers about that. But she Poor Sparky, had never had a chance. <laughs> the only twelve-hour life lifespan in the history of dogs. Um, <laughs> that was morbid. <laughs> um, I, she definitely killed the dog. She's definitely in on this somehow. To what extent, I can't say. But yeah, the whole scene was just weird. This episode was really creepy in general, and Agnes did no part. To curtail the creepiness. So I thought, you know, this episode, like, I mean, obviously it's a Halloween episode, but they did a really good job of keeping it, keeping it creepy. Like, I thought it was really well done in that regard where you were really, really freaked out by a lot of the shit that was going on. And like, I know a lot of sitcom episodes aren't like that, but we're, they're trying to get, get us ready for moving past us, I think, for moving past that, I would say. You know, I'll just ask you guys now because I had it for the end, but since we're on Quicksilver, I'll ask it now. Do you think Quicksilver was the cameo Elizabeth Olsen compared to Luke Skywalker, or do you think there's someone else coming? I really hope he wasn't the cameo because that's nowhere near Luke Skywalker cameo level. It's not. It's not near that. I'm still mad at Elizabeth Olsen for... She got her hopes up. Oh, and she spoiled Mandalorian for me. <laughs> you one for Mandalorian? I haven't gotten to season two yet. Uh, I know, right? Uh, you have to catch up. I, well, I'm trying to, but you know, I'm WandaVision NBA. I don't have a lot of time left, Christopher. I, I, I know Christian. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, bro. I've been talking for I've talked for like six hours the last two days. Hey Chris, do you think Mandalorian 2 was better than season one? I thought so. Um You know, I I kind of like prefer the first season, honestly. Uh season two did kind of feel like uh fan service, you know, with having Ahsoka there and um, Luke Skywalker and bringing Boba back Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I mean, they're great in uh, their own different way. 
Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, back to Marvel here. Um, let's see, where are we? Okay. Woo, Darcy, and Rambo notice people on the edge of town aren't moving. So they notice, Vision notice, something's going on here. They know Vision is being tracked with the vibranium signature by Hayward. So Hayward wants something to do with Vision. We know he's up to something in this episode. And Alex, I'll give you the floor here. Just talk about the whole encounter with Agnes. Wait, I, I thought I already talked about it. Uh, I didn't you want to go into it more? Or is that it? No, I don't really have much. Like, she's definitely Agatha. Um, I mean, she's wearing a fucking witch hat. Come on. Come on, dude. <laughs> They're not exactly hiding it. But I want to talk about... I think... <laughs> What'd you say, Chris? Yeah, I can add a little bit to like the Agnes scene or like her. Yeah. Alone. If that's okay with you guys. Yeah. All right. So, like, I do agree with you guys with um, Agnes having a role in um in this whole um hex um um or uh, I guess the hex universe or something like that. We'll we'll call it that. The fun yeah. name. Um, but I feel as though that maybe she um kind of got lost. A little, a little bit into, um, I guess they played. Um, I guess she lost a little bit of her, her awareness or something like that. I don't. I guess I'm trying to put it in the right words. Um, she has something involved in with it, but um, I feel as though like Wanda's power to kind of they grow at a rapid pace. Wanda's yeah. overpowering Agnes. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I like it. That's a good. That's a good call, because. That's and it's plausible too because like she thinks she has this big you know like secret weapon on her hands, but then you know typical story, right? Oh, we have this huge weapon, aka a superhero, and oh wait, no, they got way too powerful for us now. What the fuck are we gonna do? And they get they eventually either die or you know in this case she loses all free will, which you know you could argue is maybe worse, but you you know semantics, but. Yeah, I want to talk about because that's a good theory by Chris. I feel like this scene, though, if you want to make your case for Hayward being incompetent, this is the scene. Did you, how quickly did Darcy hack into his computer? Like into his. Oh my god! It took her like took her like three minutes. If that, it took her like sixty seconds in like actual time, like you know, in time of like the show, to just easily get into his into his mainframe, and it's like. She was like, I just have one more firewall to get through. I was like, what? <laughs> so she's like a astrophysicist and and like a fucking computer genius? Like, what the, what the hell, Chris? <laughs> she could do it all. <laughs> I have to say, maybe he had like a really easy password. Like, maybe his password was Mephisto rules. <laughs> <laughs> maybe his password was sword. <laughs> Maybe his password was just Hayward. <laughs> Hayward sucks with an X. That's what I think. That's what I think the password was. I don't think he would make that his own password, but you can use that. <laughs> what do you, why do you guys think he's being tracked? Why do you think Vision's being tracked? Does Hayward think he can uh, save Vision somehow? Because we saw at the end of the episode, that's not possible. I mean, or, we so- go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Or maybe, um, maybe this isn't uh, this uh, 
this MCU's version of the Vision. Maybe it's a different version. Multiverse version. That explains why uh, you know he doesn't remember the Avengers or. Um, oh, Alex! Chris dropping theories tonight. <laughs> a lot of good ones. <laughs> Shit, I got nothing for that, Chris. It's listen. This is the beauty of this show. You could say a theory, and I could justify it in my mind. Like it makes complete sense to me that this is the multiverse. There's nothing out of the realm of possibility at this point. This show has opened up so many possibilities and they're going to need to tie this all into a neat little bow in the next three episodes because this is getting really fucking confusing. <laughs> like we look like the meme of who is it? Charlie Day in front of the cork board. All you, like all three of us, right? We all look like that guy. And let's face it. <laughs> and it's 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 not we're not crazy for it. That's the thing. It's we're well within our right minds to have so many theories on the show and they all make sense. You can add up anything if you want to and odds are it'll be proven wrong. But I mean, you're not crazy for thinking it. The the, the last three episodes here are going to have a lot of heavy lifting to do. I mean, Alex, you and I thought the I forget which one it was. Maybe episode 5 last week where uh it spent a significant amount of time inside and outside the hex. We thought that one did a lot of heavy lifting. The next three have their hands full, to put it lightly. I mean, they're going to need to, like, World's Strongest Man, you know, war, you know, um, other planet, Xandar's Strongest Man, may it rest in peace. Um, <laughs> other, <laughs> other, like... This is going to have to lift so much, right? Like it's going to it's going to be the weight of the Death Star to go back to the Star Wars. Like this it's like that's how like we need answers. Cuz let's face it, this show has done a good job of gripping us, but if they don't have answers by the next episode, their people are just going to jump ship. They're not going to finish the series. Like I I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Like just realistically speaking, like we love it, right? We're like we're all we're all various levels of nerdy. You know, I look at you, Zach, you know, the king of the nerds. Um Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Chris, you're not too far behind yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a peasant, but all seriousness, we're gonna be hooked, right? We're gonna watch the last three episodes because we've gone on this journey. There's a lot of people that are just like, come on, what the fuck is this show about? Like we know we know what the stakes are, but we need to know what we're exactly we're going against. And they need to you're right. The heavy lifting is probably putting it lightly. It, they probably need to like take a forklift on this shit and just lift up something real like heavy because they we need answers at this point. And like I said, I'm going to watch till the end, but a lot of people probably aren't if they don't start putting answers on there. So, well, what know. has Marvel done ever since fucking Iron Man in 2008 rewarded the viewers for sticking around? I mean, even in Endgame, they referenced the Dark World, which is probably the consensus worst MCU movie. So I think there's going to be a significant payoff if you stick around to watch the end of WandaVision, I think. Again, I didn't watch the Dark World, so um, I didn't get rewarded for that. No, I'd, I'd have to disagree with you, Alex. I mean, um, Alex, um, Zach, I have to disagree with you with the Dark World being the worst film ever. Uh, what do you think is the worst? I'm surprised you don't even remember it. A movie. 
MCU movie? Yes. Which it's, one? Uh, it's called The Inhumans. Oh, hell. Oh, hell. Oh, <laughs> I think I just no. pushed that so far out of my mind and shit it out. I didn't what? remember it. Yeah. Um, it's, horrible. it's horrible. I think Marvel thought they could um, replace the X-Men with the Inhumans, and um, I don't know what to say. I'm like, you can't. <laughs> what, what Inhuman can replace Wolverine? <laughs> It was uh, a part of the problem was that that was an ABC show and you got to play it PG at the most with ABC, so that sucks. But do you remember what do you think of Iron Fist, Chris? Well, that was the that was the show I was so excited about. Like, it sucked. The, yes, and I'm like I was hurt. I'm like what what is this? <laughs> I enjoy Jessica Jones more than the show. Yeah, Jessica Jones was good. Luke Cage was good. Yeah, and I mean, well, like, I I, I didn't really like have I didn't really uh, expect too much from Daredevil. I thought it would be really going to be a pretty good show, and it it didn't really exceeded my expectations. Daredevil and uh, The Punisher, I thought, were legitimately great shows. I haven't gotten a chance to watch The Punisher. I need to like really sit down and watch it. Oh, Punisher's awesome. Punisher's awesome, but yeah. Inhumans. I'm glad you brought that up because I think I just shit it out and never thought of it again. Just you can, so, you can just look up a picture of what Medusa looks like uh, um, and see her CGI hair, and like that just tells you how that show is going to turn out. Uh, uh, <laughs> like the problem, the problem with it was like they they shot they shot the um I think it was it was released in theaters I believe. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna screen share with Alex because that was, think, was so bad. I I have it on the screen. It's horrible. Uh, or wait, share share the screen. I want to see how bad it is. Uh, let me see. <laughs> it already isn't looking great. Is this it? So, so what you're saying? They had Chris. They had like a a five dollar budget for a Marvel show. That was the kind of the problem. Yeah, like five dollars and some pocket lint, and maybe in like a Adobe Premiere. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh, you just say go crazy with the effects. <laughs> go, go crazy! Five dollars and some pocket lint. <laughs> oh yeah, Alex, you'll appreciate this. Ramsey Bolton is in the show. Oh god! All right, yeah, I definitely wasn't. I definitely wouldn't watch that anyway, but. <laughs> That seals it. Ramsey seals. Sucks. I have to find a Clyde Fraser rhyme for seals, so you'll have to to give me a second. A Walt Clyde wheels and seals. Now that doesn't that doesn't do it. But yeah, like anyway. the problem with the show is they just like they filmed it with Dolby cameras, or I believe, and like they released it in Dolby theaters. Or I remember this. I was like, because I was interested, but then like I heard reviews, and it was like. It was just terrible because like they didn't like then they released the, like those uh, the movie into like episodes on ABC. Yeah. And you can like really tell a difference. Um, I don't think like were there free 4K TVs back then when they were, I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, when was that? Like 2016? 2017. 2017? I don't think there well, was. It was coming around. Yeah. But I mean like who has like a, a TV that's able to like play Dolby like quality? Yeah, seriously. 
Yeah. In Inhumans, uh, it'll never be talked about again on this show. I, I guarantee you that. Like they gave they gave that property like the cold shoulder. Like that's <laughs> that's horrible. Never been like, referenced again ever. Probably for the best. <laughs> they're doing that. They're doing the same thing to the first Suicide Squad film too. Yeah, they are. Good. <laughs> Just making a new one. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the Wando and Pietro one-on-one. Pietro reveals he knows it's an illusion. He knows this isn't the real world. Chris, I want to get your thoughts on the, their little one-on-one here. Because I thought it was interesting, and it really put in the grave our X-Men theory. Just your general thoughts on this uh, scene here. Yeah, that was really uh, surprising to me, too. Like, and I don't know, it's like I guess it's like really I didn't really expect a lot like I didn't expect like a lot of like um of Quicksilver to like to be like um I guess like coming out like really speaking about like what he sees in the world and whatnot I thought he'd be just like under like the control of everybody else but he's self-aware and right that was like just kind of crazy honestly Alex your thoughts here so we have two self-aware characters right in Vision and well, I guess four, technically, if you include the kids, Vision and Pietro and the kids. Um, I thought this scene was good because, listen, it did a good job of showing, again, it totally debunked our X-Men theory, but again, we weren't completely off base here. Um, And we see the dead Pietro, which, again, another freaky thing in this episode, like probably behind the commercial, which is terrifying i'll probably be thinking about that commercial for a long while um this is probably the second freakiest moment in the episode and i thought you know we don't know who brought pietro here but it's weird to know like especially the part where he's like you were hiding these kids in their rooms and he was like basically taunting her like taunting her like oh yeah i know this, this is all fake so Zach, why don't you go ahead and explain your theory now? Because I feel like that's a good segue into your theory. Well, it was a theory that was brought up to me by uh, actually Caleb. Caleb Lynn. That uh, Mephisto is posing as Pietro. As a means of distracting Vision, number one. Getting Wanda's attention back on the goal here, number two. And I just thought it was a really good theory. I didn't even think about it. I'm starting to believe it now. That I think that's the most plausible possibility that Mephisto is Quicksilver. It would explain Quicksilver showing up, not looking like himself. Unfortunately, I think Evan Peters showing up as Quicksilver was uh, designed to throw us off. But yeah, that's the theory. Well, I mean, what do you guys think of that theory? I think it's probably the one that makes the most sense. I'll start, look, Chris. Let's start with you. Yeah, I um, I, I I like the I like theory. Um, I want to go like full like like believing into the theory, but I mean like um after yesterday's episode um, yeah, you know, uh, I really I kind of um I'm leaning a lot more towards your theory, um especially with the taunting um especially like when um. I forgot what she what he said to her that um I think like he talked about um vision was dying like he could have died like it wouldn't be like the first time her husband died right like, uh, yep 
the second time. Yeah. Exactly what Chris said there. Like, especially that last jab. Again, Wanda heard, I don't even know who you are, again, which I thought is one of the most just savage lines out there, you know. Hit hit the husband with a car. I don't even know who you are. Um, <laughs> but playing the hits today. Um, yeah, I definitely buy the theory because it's a good way to taunt her and to get her back on the course and to kind of take her free will away from herself. She's very distracted in this episode by by Pietro. She doesn't question Vision at all. And also kind of goes like to go back to Vision. She doesn't know where Vision is. No. Until um the next part of the episode, which I won't talk about just yet. But she isn't keeping eyes on Vision in this episode. And Vision is, you know, figuring out what's going on. And I think that Mephisto, you know, wouldn't mind distracting her. I, I have to say that. It's uh, shout, shout out to Caleb because I thought it was just a really good theory. And then on to this next scene, which uh, you can make a case, maybe the most famous scene in the in this episode as of now. Vision exits the hex, tries to leave the hex, starts to disintegrate, and it kind of makes sense. I mean, I thought. Well, I mean, what did you guys think? I thought if he tried to leave, he was gonna die. I was surprised that like he would be able to leave and like get out, to be honest with you guys. Cause I thought he was just like, well, I mean like, well, the way he was disintegrating, like kind of confirmed he was, he's a part of the illusion. But um, yeah, I just, I didn't expect him to leave this episode. Honestly, I thought he'd like try to leave, like maybe like, yeah, but like maybe next week's episode or something. But um, that was like a really huge um moment for this episode, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he left pretty damn early. Like you were saying, and I don't think uh, he's just going to all of a sudden forget that he tried to leave next episode. I mean, Alex, what do you think? Unless Wanda tries to wipe his memory or something, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. You know, he's a robot, so. And also dead. So, you know, just reset him, you know, take his energy away. Um, I thought it was honestly brave by Vision. Like, he saw the way the people were suffering, like... Vision is acting the most like a hero out of anybody so far other than Monica. And obviously, you know, my boy, Jimmy Woo, shout out, shout out to Jimmy. Um, But those three so far acting the most like actual heroes. Wanda, I understand, right? Because Wanda is a complicated character. You know, she's dealing with the trauma of first, you know, losing her brother and then losing, you know, Vision. So you can kind of make sense of it, but... Vision sees the trouble that Wanda's trauma is putting people in and he is sacrificing himself to try and get those people help. Now what's fucked up and why I think still think Hayward is evil is that Hayward didn't try to help him at all. Like I thought that was fucked up. Yeah. Like literally standing there watching him disintegrate. And Darcy is the only one there with a soul. Like, why aren't you helping him? Yeah. And I thought that that scene, like the whole, this is when the show started to move at a banana's pace. Like this part right here, like when he left the hex, because then everything is just happening like boom, 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 boom. And like, it felt like the whole episode moved at a million miles an hour after this. Also, Vision, not even caring that he's disintegrating. What did he say, guys? He said, you got to help those people in there. He said, Mm -hmm. don't help me. Help those fucking people. They're under control. 
of my wife. Didn't even care that he's disintegrated. Vision, hell of a guy. He's a hell of a guy, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and then Wanda extends the hex. You know, we were talking earlier. Her powers only go to a certain degree. The, and then she uh, slapped us in the face with this. <laughs> Just extended the hex on the fly. Darcy, she wanted, to, she wanted to say, hold on. She wanted to say vision, though. So, yeah. Like, like she's created this life for herself that she's not going to be able to keep because we see the ways that this is bound to fall apart at some point. But yeah, she is, you know, she's trying to save her life with vision, you know, the, the person that she loves. So I get it. You know, she lost this. Okay. This show to me and something I've been noticing, this show is a really interesting exercise in how to deal with like losing somebody. There's a lot of death references in this, this whole show. Ton. Like, and I think that's fascinating because, you know, we're looking at it through Wanda's prism and obviously everyone in the MCU lost something, right? Like you could just go through the whole list. I don't need to do it for you guys, but everybody like lost something, you know, Thor, um, Hawkeye, you know, even though I don't really give a fuck about Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> Chris is shaking his head at me. <laughs> I deserve it. But, you know, like everybody lost something, but it's interesting to look at it through this prism because we have to remember Scarlet Witch isn't that old at this point, and you didn't age at all when you're in the when you got snapped, and Wanda got snapped. So she's probably like, I don't know, she's 21, <laughs> right? She's a very young person going through all this trauma. I think it's a fascinating look into that kind of style of thing. I'm curious to hear what you guys think of me saying that. Chris, what do you think of that? Uh. There's a lot to take in, honestly. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I uh, kind of—I guess I agree with a lot of what you said. Really, is like, um, especially with like her, her dealing with her trauma part. Um, I mean, like you know, like with her going through that. I mean, like, I guess she could have did it in a better way. To be honest with you guys, she definitely could have done it in a better way. Uh... I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. I think she's just she's just desperate at this point. This vision's like literally all she had left. Yeah. yeah. I I don't blame her for being, you know, traumatized by it. It's it's completely human. But, you know, maybe go see a th- therapist instead of trying to revive your dead husband. What do I what do I know? I'm just, Not an uh, option. I'm just a guy. Not an option, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Goodwill Hunting, Zach. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Hey, a little foreshadowing of the favorite movie series when you'll be on for Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> it's not your fault, son. But guys, it's not your fault. Darcy trapped in the hex, which brings me to my only unanswered question, and we'll see if you guys have any before we end the show. Will Darcy last longer in the hex than Monica did? Monica Ooh. lasted a relatively long time. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I, um, I think so. I think she'll last longer. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I would say she. Uh, I, I think she'll last longer than Monica. Like rest of the show or just a couple episodes? Maybe two episodes. It's two and a half. Alex? Uh, that's tough. I don't know. I feel like Darcy would say something. 
Darcy knows again, what's going on. But your mind is complete. Like they're being mind controlled in the hex. Monica had to like. She had to hear Pietro's name, which, by the way, we did get a lot of Pietro foreshadowing. So that's not surprising. Yeah, we did. I don't think she'll like maybe an episode or two. We'll have to see what goes on with the hex. Apologies if you hear that. My cats are up going crazy. Um, so my unanswered question is, who is it exactly that Monica and Jimmy are going to meet? Because they left Darcy on the base to go meet with someone over the hill, right? And maybe that's the Luke Skywalker cameo. Maybe they're meeting with someone. Also, an unanswered question that I have. I'm surprised you didn't really touch on Zach. Does Monica have superpowers? Is she is she, she gaining will. superpowers? She definitely yeah. will at some point. She in the comics, she does take over for for Captain Marvel, I believe. But her genetics have all changed. Like, that's something that Darcy pointed out in this episode. Are we going to see Monica have superpowers by the end of the series? Those are my two unanswered questions. Chris, did you have any unanswered questions or theories you wanted to hit on? Um, I was thinking um, I could hit on, like, the, I guess, our guest star, our um, mystery uh, person that we're finally going to get to uh, see. Hopefully, like, maybe next episode. Um I'm not like um I think you guys touched on it like in an earlier podcast, but like um I think there was mention of like how I think their space program wasn't like didn't have much success or anything. You know, I, I know there's a lot of you know uh, Mr. Fantastic theories yeah. out there. But yeah, I think I was gonna go in another way or head the other way. Um, I was gonna go ahead and say maybe it's um Blue Marble. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I thought you were going to say Silver Surfer and really uh, throw me for a curve here. Who's Blue, Mar- who's Blue Marble? <laughs> I'm not that very intimately familiar with comic books. I, I study up for the podcast, Chris, but who's Blue Marble for someone like me who doesn't understand? Uh, Blue Marble, is, he's, actually, um, he's actually one of the most powerful uh, beings in the Marvel Universe, well, in the comics. Um, um so um, I know he. I think he was an astrophysicist, also. Yeah, he was. But um, I, I haven't really um done too much my my research on him either. But like um, I, I know I know a little bit. Just not not too much. I mean that's that's more than I knew. So, God bless you, Ben. I like the take. I like the take. I'd be fine if it was him or Mister Fantastic. I really wouldn't care which one. <laughs> You just want the Luke Skywalker level cameo. That's all you want. Yeah, if you're going to say Luke Skywalker level cameo, it better be more than a Quicksilver. Fucking A, Elizabeth. Come on. Come on. Please. Please. Or, you know, maybe it'll be a Toad from the first X Men movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. No. Please. That guy fucking sucked. (laughs) I ripped him in my X Men monologue. Just just ripped him. I hope he stays at the bottom of the Hudson. (laughs) I really do. Fuck him. I think it's time to plug, Alex. <laughs> is it time to plug? It is time to plug. I, I think we've exhausted every option. This is a this is a great episode. Shout out to you two for carrying this episode because I was definitely not in it. I tried my best. You know, I was I was here. I was here. But make sure you go check out our other awesome array of stuff on the Running Hook Podcast Network. First of all, I would like to take this opportunity to thank Christian Logan 
because he is one of our biggest supporters on Twitter yes. and we need all the support we can get at this point. So shout out to you, sir. I, you know, I already have love for you as one of my friends, but for real, I truly appreciate it. It's very, it's very uplifting to see friends supporting us. So Big I appreciate thanks. it. And you're, you know, it's, I would say, Zach, this isn't going to be Chris's last appearance on a Circle City Cinema. I, 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 I doubt. I doubt it will be his last appearance. I doubt it. So, state like, trust me. I knew you were going to be good, but I really appreciate it. Truly, um, thank you for you for being on this episode and supporting us. Um, go, but go check out our other stuff. We got a lot of good shit on this network, and I'm not just saying that because I run this. I like, I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. So. Alex and Dylan Basketball Power Hour. This week, we're doing your Warriors, Chris. We're going to be doing we doing the Timberwolves, which is not going to be as fun. But the Cat's back, so that's good. And we're going to be doing the Celtics. So our last pod was the Bulls, the Lakers, and the 76ers, if you want to hear my thoughts on, on those teams. Real quick, I'm going to hit you guys with a comparison that I made. I ran by three people before I put it out on the podcast, or actually oh. ran it by two people. You ready for this? Zach Levine is Seattle Ray Allen. He moves really well off the ball, shoots a lot of threes. You're not going to win a lot of games with him as your first option. But there's and there's still a little something left to be desired on defense. But get him on a contender, he's going to be really helpful. What do you guys think? I like that take. I like that yeah, take. Yeah, I really do too. If you want to hear more in that, like it, go check out the Alex and Dylan Basketball Power Hour. Um, Trip Lashing Pass will be back sometime this month. This isn't a great time for college football content, let's be honest. But, <laughs> like, what are you going to get in February? But they'll be back with a shoulda, coulda, woulda at some point. Um, Lynn Sanity, they're pivoting to college basketball. I think on the last podcast we did, I said college football, which doesn't make sense because I also would have likely plugged Triple Option Pass. So if you want your college basketball squeeze, and you want to hear about my boy, Cade Cunningham, who Caleb hates. Just kidding, Caleb. Um, <laughs> go check out Triple uh, Insanity. Goodness gracious. Um, Zach, we're going to get a battleground this week, right? Getting a battleground this week. Uh, I'm not sure what the topics are going to be yet, but yeah, it's, we're back. We're back this week. And then what do you have coming up on, on cinema? Well, right after this, I'm getting into my X2 monologue. Right after we log off here, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and then uh, Fast and Furious Nine coming out in May. I've got a rotating table of guests coming up to count down. We're going through every installment of the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> I cannot wait because you you got so you got you got JD you got. JD on anything is amazing, but I want to hear him. Like, I just want to hear him talk about the Fast and the Furious. I mean, let's let's be real. All three of us would would appreciate that. Yes. And then Devin, when he's passionate about something, is incredible. And Bryce is always great. So, yeah, we have a lot for you on the Running Hook Podcast Network. Check us out. Join the ship early. Listen, we don't. Have, admittedly, our ship isn't very full right now. But you want to get on before it is too full because let's face it, we're going to the moon just like GameStop, baby. Just like GameStop. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're not going to crash me- meteor- meteorically like they are either. I, I'm done, Zach. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> Chris, anything to plug for yourself? <laughs> um, yeah, you guys can uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is um, GotBug. And, um, yes, yeah, uh, pretty much the only uh, social media I have at the moment. <laughs> Chris, again, thanks for coming on. Alex, another great episode. Another great episode in the books. Thanks, Chris. No problem. And as always, 
Thanks for listening.